0: So if all God's thoughts toward us are precious, then he cannot think a bad thought about us. We may think a bad thought about ourselves mm. and try to have God endorse it, but he thinks <laughs> nothing but good things about us. And once that became, um, and I, cause I kept pronouncing that Paul, I'd have to pronounce that all the time. God, all wow. your thoughts toward me are precious. Wait, whoa, whoa, hold up God. You wow. imagined me before I was born. I mean, I'm still in your head, God, right now. Right now, I'm in your head. So good. And so for me, it's like, you can't tell me that I'm, I'm not uniquely handcrafted by God for the sole purpose of having, being an extension of His goodness mm. on this planet.
1: Hi, I'm Paul Lewis Cole. This is Brave Men. Fired up, you're here. You're about to meet a great friend of mine, Otto Kelly. Otto Kelly is uh, a minister, author, speaker, most of all, he's a man who has spoken into the lives of thousands of young men across the United States and around the world. He's won awards. NAACP gave him an award for what he's done with uh, young men at risk. And, uh, and then for the last 15 years, he and his wife, Joy, directed and headed up. He was the executive director of the Crisis Pregnancy Center in Reno, Nevada, and uh, played football, University of Nevada Wolfpack, and uh we're going to talk about that he he's got an ncaa uh, division one record that is uh absolutely remarkable it's been standing for a long time so uh, i'm proud of him for that proud of my friend and uh, he has a ministry called sons to men he is also the vice president of the global fatherhood initiative which is part of the christian men's network so we're working together on a number of issues and, and initiatives and things. One of them, I've got the um, flyer, the folder thing in front of me. is called Dangerous Nations, equipping the underground church, sustaining a persecuted church. And we're going into the most difficult uh, nations in the world. Uh, dangerous nations, we call them. Basically, nations where it's, it's dangerous to be a follower of Christ, going in and helping underground church leaders speaking life into their lives training trainers if you will and so uh, vietnam pakistan argentina philippines albania brazil peru uh, uh iran tajikistan so um urdu and then we just have the new um we're, we're rolling out in um in egypt coming up in a couple of months I actually started last year steve trevino went with ferris abraham they did a tremendous training session last october and a couple hundred pastors were in that. I think a hundred and just under that, hundred and seventy-four, something like that. So uh, the Dangerous Nations rollout of the Christian Men's Network, it, it is uh, basically it's based on this: you can draw great crowds with great sermons, but you'll never change a nation until you'll, until you disciple the men. And the Global Fatherhood Initiative and and Otto's thrust into it in that sense is that. Um, he and I have, have just agonized, prayed over, uh, looked at, how, how do we help others? How do we help people on the ground? What do we do? What's our part of the fatherless issue? You know, fatherlessness is the leading indicator of poverty in every culture of the world. I, I don't care where I go, anywhere in the world, fatherlessness is one of the core issues. When I say, hey, what's the, they, they'll tell me symptoms of issues, but when I say, well, what's, where's that come from? Is there an issue with fatherlessness? And they always tell me, yes. There's 24, in the nation where I live, in the United States, 24 million children with, uh, that are fatherless. I mean, they have, there may be somebody in the home, but it was like someone I talked to the other day. They said, yeah, he was there, but I didn't really know him. He was busy with his stuff, functionally fatherless. And so, and, and of course that leads to poverty, which homeless issues and so forth and so on. So, so Otto is part of the answer to that and what we're doing with the Christian Men's Network. Our collaboration together, our working together is about solving those issues because how do you solve the issue, right? How do you solve the issues of rage and anger and young men going off on things and you solve it with, with fathers, fathers who show up, fathers whose lives are radically changed by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's how you change stuff. And it's a long change. It's, it's not going to happen because we pass more laws. My goodness, man, we, we've got guys passing laws every day somewhere in the United States where I live. There's, there's people passing laws and it doesn't change fundamentally behavior. Because the Bible says, in fact, in Romans, it talks about Abraham wasn't known as the father of faith because he followed the rules or was obedient to the law. Because if you set up a law, you're going to set up a workaround. It says that Abraham was the father of faith because he fully trusted God. He received the promise because of faith There it is. That's our core issue. That's what Otto and I are talking about today. Uh, Excited about it. Thanks for being on uh, with me on Brave Men, the podcast. And uh, there's also a Brave Men email that comes out three times a week. Uh, Highly motivational. It's a motivational email comes out. Boom. It's there at seven in the morning. uh, And you can get that. Go into show notes, go to cmn.men. Say, I want to be, you know, I want to be on that email list. Get that motivational email three times a week. Thank you to those who are sponsoring this podcast. Thank you to our partners, friends, uh, the men who care enough to say, hey, I'm going to step up, be a part of sponsoring this. Uh, Those partners of ours who give monthly into the Christian Men's Network to see the lives of men changed and to do this Dangerous Nations outreach to reach the persecuted churches. Uh, It takes a lot to do it reaching, saving the family, ending human trafficking, stopping uh, fatherlessness. I'm looking at a photo of uh, a bunch of men in, uh, in Da Nang sitting there watching some of the videos we produce out of our studio. Fired up about stuff. You know, God wins. Bottom line, hope is alive. Hope has a name. Hope's name is Jesus. Hey, here's my great friend Otto Kelly on Brave Men. Okay, married two sons. Married two sons, yes. Right. And yes. then uh Alonzo. Alonzo. Dominic. Dominic, yes, sir. Zoe and Dom. Zoe and Dom. And Alonzo came from Actually it's my middle name. It's your middle name. Yeah, it's my middle so name. That's yeah. Your, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. I you know I didn't want your name, imprint. Yeah, I didn't want to name him after me, because I want him to have his own visibility. Yeah. You know? I want to have his own identity. But you don't want to be time,
1: George Foreman with one No crew.
0: not fifteen kids <laughs> with, <George laughs> with the same George two, three, four. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, I guess. I just I'd have confusion, keep my sons apart, but tell yeah, yeah. you know, telling my sons apart. But, you know, so, yeah, uh, we call them Zoe.
1: Yeah. Um, and uh, Dominic, yeah. Uh, and then Dominic, where did Dominic come from? Is that a family it, name or something? It is, it is not. <laughs> it's funny because, uh, you know,
0: both my sons, I would uh, speak to them while they were in the womb. Really? Yeah, I would go to that stomach. As soon as we knew they were, I knew that we were pregnant, I would go down and talk to them i get close to them because I, want, really? I wanted them to know my voice and uh, that they're secure. They're going to be OK. They're fine, the voice man. of the they're father. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> they're so fine. They're going to be awesome. That, man. I think so, man. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, That's one time really I was cool. talking over him. I was said, dude, you're going to be awesome. You're going to be amazing, man. You're going to dominate everything you do. And it just stuck with me dominic so and that yeah. comes
1: uh, did dominate did that come from your sports background
0: it did it did but yeah. I, my, but the thing i was pronouncing over him is that whatever circumstance you're in you can mm. overcome baby you're gonna yeah. be fine you're gonna be good yeah. okay uh, what comes uh, at yeah. you you know you're gonna be you're gonna make it you know yeah. kind of thing not only make it but you're gonna thrive
1: and kind of thing. dominate dominate that's yes, awesome man i yes, love sir. that yes, and sir. you spoke what were you, what were you speaking over Zoe? Same thing. Same thing. Yeah, but yeah, same you know, stuff. I used to
0: um, when they were in the womb. I uh, quoted um, Psalm one thirty nine, mm. one through eighteen, which is why it's such a, a life word for me, life, life yeah. message for me. I spoke it over them, read it over them, to the point to where even when they were in middle school and then uh, in elementary school, we used to go to school and uh, we used to call it "Oh Lord," and we used to just you know quote it before they got to school, and pre- pretty soon you know it became such a uh, part of our lives that, you know, they can quote it to this day.
1: Really? Yeah. My whole family. So yeah. you imprinted your sons with the word of God. Yes, sir. As part yes, of sir. their identity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You
0: know, because you recognize a lot of negative stuff that's being spoken mm. out there, a lot of mess that's out there. And as a result of that, my my thought was, I want them to have security in who they are, mm. knowing that they weren't a mistake, that it was by divine providence that they have existence. And so because of that, you have purpose and you have destiny, man. You have you have stuff all over you. And I wanted them to know that, knowing um, uh, a lot of the opposing viewpoints. Yeah, gonna that there was going to
1: be them. a lot of lot of traffic. Yeah, a lot of mess. Yeah. And we've mess. got 86,000 impressions a day, 6,000 discrete yeah. thoughts every day. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of like Gideon when when Theophany, Jesus shows up, looks at Gideon and says, you're a mighty man of yeah. valor. Yeah. And Gideon says, nah, you don't know who I am. <laughs>
0: Yeah, telling God, hey, you don't know me, man. Yeah,
1: so he's 14, 15 years old, which by that point, identity's fairly cemented. You know, by by 9 or 10 years of age, we've got 70 to 75% of our identity talk Mm -hmm. is going on. By mid-teens, you know, it's kind of cemented, which is why when people become a follower of Christ later in life, there's a reprocessing, really rebranding that has to happen, but... But uh, So God shows up at Gideon and says, you know, you don't know who I am. And Gideon says, you don't know who I am. He says, no, you're a mighty man of valor. He says, no, no, no. Hmm. He says, I'm the wimpiest guy in the kingdom. Yeah. Actually, he says, I'm the wimpiest guy in my family. My family is the wimpiest family of our tribe. <laughs> our tribe is the wimpiest tribe in the kingdom. And we're all living in caves in fear and hiding. <laughs> so yeah. I'm the yeah. national wimp. So my question has always been, who told him that? Yeah. yeah. Right? Exactly. And how did he not hear the the words of his father, even though later his father protected him, we find that later in life he dealt with that rejection Mm -hmm. in a very negative way. And so, uh, you know, that's fascinating, man. Mm -hmm. You would speak that so that they would begin to get identity. Seems that that's part of the role of a father, right? Big time. I I
0: think, you know, we get a wonderful picture of this uh, with Jesus coming out of the water after being baptized Mm. and how the father said those three things to him. You're my son. Identity, you're my son. Okay, whatever whatever else happens, whatever else, you're my son, and I love you, Mm. and I'm pleased with you. And before, and when that happened, um, it was almost like you know Jesus wanted to hear it, and because he wanted to hear it, the Father knew what he needed, and so he pronounced that over him, and he declared it over him, And and he declared it in a verbal manner, yeah, from a standpoint of everybody around. Hey, this is my this is my this is my boy. You know, and then what happened right after that? Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted of the enemy, and the first thing that the enemy comes came after with Jesus was this: "If you are, yeah, if you are." First thing there's comes an after is on identity, the enemy, yeah. on his
1: identity. Yeah. Yeah. Excuse me, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And as a result of that, and so for me, if you are the Christ, mm-hmm. if you if you yeah. are, if you are, you know, yeah. not that Jesus had to prove anything, but honestly, that's what happens with us. I mean, there's a, there's always an identity, uh, something trying to give you a false identity of who you really are. Mm. And uh, and so for me, you know, uh, with, with with my sons, I wanted to declare over them. You yeah. know? I got an interesting story behind that. You know, um, uh, my second son, Dominic, when he was born, he had some little bit of trouble coming out. Okay. It was funny, man. <laughs> so, you know, it's just an amazing thing, the the love that happens once yeah. you see that. But yeah, yeah. he had little, little problems coming out. So <laughs> it was funny, man. He um, They had to put that little suction comb thing over his uh, head, yeah. Uh, and so anytime yeah, there was a yeah, yeah. contraction, it would come on. And so, oh, okay. Yeah. so Pulls
1: him down the birth canal. Right. Okay. So
0: finally he gets out, you know, he, he squirts out, right? What gets me. It was funny, man, because uh, he's he's going crazy. He's like screaming. Obviously, man, you're in a nice, warm setting. You got all yeah, these yeah, yeah. crazy voices bam. around people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then, but uh, life
1: starts with crisis. Come on, man. A- yes, exactly.
0: Right. <laughs> so he, uh, so we were. So he he gets uh, gets out. We cut the umbilical cord. He places uh, Dominic on his mom. Yeah, uh, he's screaming. He "He just I ain't having it. Uh, this is crazy, man. It's insane." Honest to goodness, I go over to him. I said, "Dominic, shuts up." He knew your he voice. Shuts up. He shuts up. He's, he's looking. Whoa. He's looking. I know that boy. Where are you? And I said, son, Whoa. it's going to be fine. It's going to be okay. He shuts right up. Come on. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. Yep. <laughs> yes. And so, yeah. I that mean, is I mean, a great yeah, story. The voice, the, voice, the voice of the Father is so important. And us uh, learning to filter out all the other mess. Yeah. And helping us to recognize that, man, we are beautifully uh, and wonderfully made and for, 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 with purpose Whew. and
1: destiny. And that'll preach right there, bro. Man. Man. That, that'll preach, man. Yeah. And we'll get back to the identity stuff, yeah. but I also want to hit, hit uh, something because we're going to talk. We're going to talk. I think we, we're going to talk. Uh, first of all, we talk family, uh, but we're also going to talk football and faith and father. So, football, you hold an NCAA record, <laughs> dude. I'm, I mean, this blows me away, man. Man. I mean, seriously, as a running back, D1, NCAA. Highest level collegeer is uh, before NIL. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay, <laughs> so you were getting paid, you know, behind the Walgreens. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll uh, we'll leave that there. <laughs> we'll leave that there. Yeah. So, uh, but how many yards? You had one quarter where you ran for two hundred and seventy four. Well, I was gonna say two seventy six. I was gonna give you You're two there. extra yards. You're there. You're You're there. Could, you there. Uh, yeah, exactly. You would have said, but that if I said that, exactly. I would have said somewhere two seventy something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 274 yards in one quarter, University of Nevada. You're in the Hall of Fame there. And uh, that's still the record. Uh, As far as I know. So we're kind of like, so Judy and I, my wife, uh, we were talking the other day about that. and, uh, and And you said, yeah, it's like the 71 Dolphins. (laughs) <laughs> like anytime anybody goes uh, undefeated yeah. in the pros for a we'll long get time, close, man, seventy one Dolphins start going no 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 no, because they're the only undefeated team all the way through yeah, the Super Bowl. That's right. And so every time that last undefeated team loses, they all pop a cork of champagne. Mm. So uh, right. so our our rooting now is anytime we see a running back start getting you know up there. <laughs> In a quarter, we're going to be like, no, 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 come on, auto, of, auto.
0: No, I appreciate that because a lot of football. bad boys out okay, there. Man. Yeah, yeah. I'm well, well, you. Football's
1: changed. I don't think oh, we're yeah. going to see running backs do that kind of thing yeah. in the near future. Yeah. So, uh, how'd you get into football? How'd, mean, know, how'd that happen?
0: Um, both my brothers were athletes um, in the uh, Las Vegas area. Um, and uh, I just watched them. And uh, I've always loved sports, man. And they were both older than you. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. the uh, youngest of five. And uh, yeah, I, I watched them. And they got you know uh, some notoriety, and, and it was fun. It was honestly it was fun. And you know what what got me, uh, my, when I was in middle school, my pops died, hmm. um, and um, uh, that was kind of like the thing that kind of was a saving grace. It kind of had me pour into something. And when I did that, I would receive affirmation from coaches. I wow. would receive, you know, significance.
1: But it was your older brother pulled you into that, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Just want, yeah. you know, you, you know, as a younger brother, you want to be like your older brother. Yeah, it yeah, sounds that's like the
1: problem. Kelsey's in a way. You yeah. know, the the um, center for the Eagles and the yeah, and the tight, tight end for the KT. Chiefs. Yeah, where the older brother pulled the younger brother mm-hmm. through. Some tough stuff. Yeah. So your father died. Uh, you were what? Twelve years old? Uh, thirteen. In, in thirteen years old of uh, so uh, prior to going into high school. Yeah. Right, going into high school. Yeah. When your father yeah. passed away of cancer. Yeah,
0: yeah, and yeah. and you know, to honestly to to watch someone who was a superhero, mm. you know, kind of dwindle down, um, it kind of had a it had a mark on me.
1: Because he had been your father was a musician out of Detroit, Motown, yeah. all that sort yeah. of thing, man. This yeah, yeah. big time deal going right. on. Yeah, move, uh, moved
0: his family from Detroit to the Vegas
1: area. They they had some great gigs and stuff out there. So and really, what what moved him to Vegas was music. Yeah. And Motown yeah. moved to L.A. Yeah, they had around that the cop, same yeah, time. So corporate. everything kind of went west from, mm-hmm. out of Detroit. Mm-hmm. Detroit was, was really deciduating at the time, really going down, Damn, dissolving. Man. Yeah. So your dad being a good dad, yeah, in that sense, you know, got you guys out of there, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, moved and you we,
0: to, and we had thankful, we were thankful because you know we recognized that in the state that we were in, the, the literal state of Nevada, we recognized there were a lot of things that were um, we had access to that perhaps we probably wouldn't have had in in uh, in Michigan,
1: but a different culture. Yeah,
0: extremely different culture, man. <laughs> you moved from man, Detroit? to Henderson, Nevada Henderson. in 1971 or 72, something like that, Capital man, of Wonder Bread. Oh, my gosh. It was all about Wonder Bread and, <laughs> and, and, and uh, saltine crackers. <laughs> uh,
1: saltine crackers and no Kool-Aid. Straight, <laughs> straight out. There's no Kool-Aid in the refrigerator. No, yeah. there's
0: no Kool-Aid, no grape, nothing, man. It was It was, uh, yeah, we tripped for a lot for for a minute. Oh, goodness.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what a a remarkable time. I want to come back to some of that. So really, athletics was part of, if you will, out of that wounding, out of that hurt, your your brother really helped pull you into. Yeah. Or brothers. Yeah. Helped pull you into athletics. Absolutely. And so the working out, the coaching. Yeah. Those coaches sort of became surrogate fathers. Yeah, you know. Without
0: a doubt. I mean, you know, you, you have, you know, you, you work hard and then when, to receive those type of um, mm-hmm. support. And that's, that's it. That's how you do it. And then the harder, the, the more compliments you get,
1: the yeah. more areas of uh, significance
0: that you find yourself in,
1: the affirmation. harder you work. Affirmation, yeah. man. That's yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And a man needs that. I mean, really, we had, have had uh, Nancy Houston on a, on a podcast talking about affirmation and things like that. As men, we need respect. In fact, the Bible says mm. for a husband to love his wife yeah. as Christ loved the church, but mm-hmm. for a woman, the first thing it's, the Bible says about a woman loving her That's husband, right. it says to respect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, it's, there's something about that that feeds us as, right. as men, and mm-hmm. that helped pull you up. Right. Now, was that part of that whole um, coaching piece? Because you've won, uh, I'm looking at your bio, man, you've won all these awards, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you. In fact, uh, one of them I'm going to mention right here. Uh, you were with the Department of Juvenile Services. You're a you're a specialist in mm-hmm. gang culture, yeah. um, affirmation of youth, and you won the ND, NA, NAACP Youth Services Award, yeah. the Northern Black Cultural Awareness Society Community Service Award, mm-hmm. Mayoral Proclamations. Uh, in the city of Reno, Washoe County Department of Juvenile Service, on and on and on and on. And then, of course, that led you right into being the director of a crisis pregnancy center. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do that thing. Yeah. Do that thing that you do. What? Do that thing when we travel and speak, because oh, we yeah. were very close friends. When we travel and speak together, and you do that thing about being the head of a crisis pregnancy yeah. center. Yeah.
0: yeah. I tell them, I say, okay, guys, do me a favor. You know, <laughs> just close your eyes. And they close their eyes. And I said, now, the picture the director, executive director of a crisis pregnancy center. And I said, now, open your eyes, look at me. Look at me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Does it fit? It just doesn't fit. You know? just doesn't it's like, fit. whoa. <laughs> Which was part of why you were so successful for 15, close to 15 years. Yeah. You know, honestly, I, I was amazed
0: that, first of all, that, uh, that the Lord would pull me into something like that. Mm. And it was a pulling. Because the reason why I say that is because I'm thinking, Father, hold up, you give me gangsters, give me all kinds of, gangsters pregnant women, come on, Father, help a <laughs> brother out, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, make wow. a long story short, and short order, yeah. he let me know why, wow. and it was because um, you know, as a, as his as a son, he wanted to father a ministry through me, mm. and so submitting to his lordship, um, um, it was amazing how he fathered a ministry mm-hmm. so young ladies would come through the doors freaking out going crazy but somehow some way they would sense they're accepted there wow and so the father's presence is what changed everything there so we prayed i prayed hard and long for uh, for just his presence because once his presence is there you know the father's presence and and you know unfortunately we're in a, a culture that um birth Orphans, yeah, a fatherless culture. Yeah, and yeah. so when when the, that sense of acceptance and affirmation and and, and um, a father's love, um, it just changes everything. And that's what happened at the at the center.
1: Yeah, the presence of a father. It's true in our lives with God the Father, which is why you know God when He had Jesus teach us to pray, mm. taught His disciples to pray. He said, "Pray this way, Our Father." He yeah. didn't say, "Oh, great sovereign great, one, man. Creator of the world, Jehovah Rapha," mm-hmm. any of these different names. Right. He said, make it personal, Mm -hmm. intimate, and as a father, this is where you find your identity. So when you you become a follower of Jesus Christ, there is a centering that happens in our identity as a man. Mm -hmm. And identity definition produces decisions, which brings about our destiny. How did you heal that? You know, okay, so you get into athletics. Did that fully heal that that father wound? I mean, your dad was a good dad, but there's still that woundedness of he's gone, man. Right. You know, when I was a um, a senior in high school, and he really didn't have time to teach you stuff. No,
0: he was. I mean, you you, you figure, you know, his he, his his band broke up. Yeah. So now he's got five kids to take care of. Wow. So you figure that there's some frustration and some hurt in him, and that he's not able to live out his dream because he had responsibilities as a dad. Um, and so, uh, for 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 me, uh, what, what had helped me a couple of different times. But it, my, my my senior year in high school, I really asked the Lord, I said, "Man, if you're real, you got to reveal yourself to me." And he, really? Yeah. And and you know, I mean, I,
1: I always liked him. Had you gone to church or? Yeah, all, my mother,
0: or... my mother, you know, really kind of was a tremendous influence in regard mm. to relationship with God. I mean, she really taught us and showed us more than anything else by example that one can really have an intimate relationship with God. You really mm. can. And so I watched it. I mean, it's one thing to say it, but I watched things happen as a result of her, her relationship with him. And I, and I liked it. I wanted it. And I've always liked Jesus. Jesus always, you know, uh, he always was there for the, the broken, the disregarded, the wounded. Mm. The, the the people in that, the margins. Yeah, nobody yeah. wanted to have any, any yeah. relationship, but he was there. Yeah. Anyway, um, and so I asked him one time, you know, I said, I, 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 need, I, I hear about you, but I need to know you. I need to know, you know, if you're real, reveal yourself to me. And and it it didn't happen, and uh, at that moment, and I got frustrated. I got mad because mm. I was thinking I wasn't good enough. Everybody else is good enough, but then God before, hears everybody else, but He doesn't hear yeah, me. But when I yeah. but when I said that, before I could get the word out, because I, I said why that why not me, and uh, before I got the me out, the Spirit of God blasted me, and I was completely. I mean, I knew it was Him, and it was so personal that. Uh, you know how, like, you're reading a book, but, you know, you're not reading it out loud, but you hear it in your head.
1: Yeah.
0: It was something a little bit louder than that. Wow. And it said, he said, uh, it's me. I'm revealing myself to you. Wow. Now, what, what I loved about that, it was so personal. He didn't say, I'm Jehovah, I'm this. He's, no, it's me. You've been, it's The one you've been searching for, it's me. You know, yeah. this is it. This is me. And couldn't go to sleep that night. Anyway, That's that, like the Apostle that really Paul got Paul. That really got me. Getting knocked off his horse. Yeah, that really got me. And so from that point, yeah, um, he knew he who he really, was. Yeah, he began to clarify um, uh, my relationship with him that wow. you are my son, dude. Do you understand that? Yeah. You're my son. Wow. And that is, has, has been my um, identity. And since really,
1: that's that given you your life message. Sir, yes, sir. And uh, if you're listening or watching right now uh, to the Brave Men podcast, uh, talking with Otto Kelly, who's the vice president uh, of the Global Fatherhood Initiative. Uh, working with Christian Men's Network, mm-hmm. uh, also have a, a ministry called Sons to Men. Mm-hmm. Uh, been the head of Christ's Crisis Pregnancy Center, uh, a pastor, a yeah. lo- couple local churches where you've worked in local churches mm-hmm. in Reno, Nevada, mm-hmm. particularly, and then also uh, having having the ministry uh, helping fathers, helping dads, yeah. yeah, and helping young people. So, mm-hmm. but let me go back to this. So you have this this thing that happens, you're senior, you ask the Lord and that so how do you how do you hear from God? How do you find direction as a man? Because a lot of guys listening right now would be like, Yeah, I don't know mm-hmm. you know, how to hear yeah, that's cool. That he heard that voice. Dude, I don't know how to find this right. this thing.
0: It was really powerful for me, um, in that right after that he began to put uh father figures in my life. Mm. And they began, they continued to speak affirmation. They continued to speak significance. No, you can, you can graduate, no, you can, you know, because there were guys in my life that were a little bit older, but they saw things in me that I didn't see in myself. Um, and I, I couldn't come up with the type of um, uh, images that they saw about me, I couldn't mm. come up with those things. But when they mentioned it and I, I respected them, it caused me to go, okay, I, I, I guess I can, because if they believe me, so for me, hearing God's voice uh, um, was something I was hearing through other people, through other, other and it, it would just be confirming. Um, when I would hear negative things about myself, um, yeah, it would it would it would hurt. But at the same time, it's like no, that guy doesn't have the same influence with me as this
1: guy who's telling me that I'm awesome. In, in you areas. really have, but you have to make a decision, yeah, because words have power. Oh my and and we live in this digital anonymous age in which people will go on other people's Facebook and go yeah you're an idiot or whatever you mm-hmm. know or you're totally wrong you know and just pound on each other behind the anonymity of yeah I don't know who that guy is but you can read that thing know that's not you and still get hit with it yeah 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 yeah. I,
0: again I, for me um There is a constant barrage of negative stuff that comes Mm. at us on a daily basis. And there has to be a a resolve within us to choose to believe the truth about us. Because you know, as well as I do, and those guys that are hearing negative stuff about themselves, they know that it's not true. They know it's not true. So for me, I've learned to, okay, let me sift through all this stuff and really speak the truth to me. You know, um, we, were, we were talking the other day, man. and You were talking about the importance of what David did. He learned how to, mm-hmm. he learned how to um, uh, strengthen himself in the Lord. And there are times I just have to do that. I know my, I know my emotions are not agreeing with what I, my assessment of who I really am. Yeah, so David until, wrote until until, until I. Until David I, wrote
1: to himself. Yeah, he said, I, "Why are you feeling down?" But that's one of the reasons why I love
0: why David so much. Why are you so feeling much. like crap? The reason the reason why I love David so much, man, is this, brother. <laughs> He was the original gangster rapper. I don't care what nobody said. This, this brother would jack up people and then right, go in the studio and hook it up.
1: Yeah. Come or on, he, man. Or kill some guys and write poetry but he about it. Now, he, I, see,
0: see, I don't see him doing poetry. I see him just busting the beats and I, that's how I view
1: him. I uh, that's poetry.
0: My, yeah, my yeah, yeah, is, yeah, yeah. My point is, my point is is that, you know, I ha- I had to learn because again, uh, this on a daily basis, a barrage of things that come at mm. you that are not you. They're yeah. just not you. They want you to Believe that it's you, but it's not you, and so I have to verbally open my mouth. I have to. it's, not, it's like, like it, it, it's important for us to develop a discipline to tell the truth about ourselves, because it's
1: easy to believe the lie. You don't have to do anything about it. No, it's easy to believe lie. We're negative yeah. by nature. Yeah, but yeah, David. When David said that, he said, "Why are you down, soul?" Mm-hmm. And then he says, "But I will trust in the Lord anyway." And so he began to speak to himself. Yeah. There is a, if you will, to being a follower of Christ. I think there is noise. I think there's a loudness <laughs> to it. I think there's a place for contemplative. But when the earth was created, there was noise, man. Mm. When, when let light be the song that came out of the heavens formed the earth, you know, and caused the planets to go off yeah. into exponential increase, oh, which they're still noise, doing man. at oh, an increasing velocity. Yeah. Yeah. There was noise. There was stuff that happened. And, and when we think about heaven, it's, it's not a contemplative place. Mm-hmm. If, there's, if there's a whole bunch of guys throwing their crowns it's down. It's not quiet. That's shouting, you know, holy is the Lord. Mm-hmm. Holy, holy, holy. Uh, day and night, you know, the angels singing. At the birth of Christ, mm-hmm. angels singing. And so I think there's a place for this, that speaking to yourself, confession, so that's like out loud say, that's not me. Yeah. You know, that thought, you know, it's, it's sort of like a psychologist will tell us that every day uh, man or woman wakes up in the morning with a negative thought. Mm-hmm. In other words, it's just it's part of the world in which we live. Humanity. I look at it as as a Goliath came up against Israel, cursed them, telling them they're not good enough. Right. God's not big enough. And every day we wake up with a Goliath, and we have to do what David did. And David said, "Today I'm going to take you out." So today I'm going to speak life over you, and you got to speak life over yeah. yourself. Yeah. How do you practice that, Otto, in your in your normal life? Because you live a very busy life; a lot going on. You know, um,
0: you know. Um, I, I by nature I've, I've always been an early riser, and uh, as soon as I wake up, even in the middle of the night, it's like. It's negative stuff, man, mm-hmm. it's just, it's just right. negative stuff. And the only way, I, it's not, the only way that I can get out of that is to declare the truth about me. I mean, not just think it, but open my mouth and declare it. I have to, mm-hmm. I, I, I have to, because the, the, the lies are so loud and and my, and my emotions and my flesh, the, the lies are so
1: believable that it responds to that. Wow that, so, that is a huge one right there because a powerful lie is close to the truth. My father used to teach. Who you mm-hmm. traveled with, by the way, when you mm-hmm. talk about mentors that came into your life. Yeah. My father, Doctor. I was Cole. getting to that. Yeah, <laughs> okay, we we'll get there. But uh, Dad used to say, uh, ha- uh, "Half truth is a whole lie." Mm-hmm. In other words, it, a lie to be really vicious and damning has this little kernel of eh, mm-hmm. maybe, yeah, maybe. It could be, mm-hmm. you know, you're a this, you're a that, you know, these words and you go, eh, yeah, maybe because mm-hmm. I know me, I right. know I'm not perfect. So, eh. mm-hmm. and then that's where you have to come back and say, no, right. that's a lie. Right.
0: It, it is, it is so remarkably believable that your emotions and your flesh responds to that lie and it, it takes it on. It it actually takes it on. Mm. You know, you know, um, um, you know, there were certain things that were said over me growing up that, um, that, that. Um, I took it on and, but then when it was revealed to me uh, by, by, I believe the Holy Spirit through men and through people, no, this is who you really are. Hmm. And it it resonated inside of me. It really did. It was small, but it resonated. And so because of that, um, those are the things that I declared and I have to. I have to. There are so many, you know, uh, again, mistakes or, or, or what people would consider to be failures that I had in my life. And if I was to believe that the failure was the the end of the game, um, then I wouldn't be here. But having to recognize that failure is just like doing a rep, you know, doing a, doing, <laughs> doing, doing, uh, you're on the bench press, yeah. man. You got to have resistance. You got to get, get strong sure. if you don't have resistance. So what can I tell you? I have to I have to play mind games with me in order to yeah, keep yeah, rolling, yeah. you know. So there me, will be resistance. Yeah. So for me it's like every, no day. One, every day. Yeah, resistance is yeah. always there. And 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 you know, I don't know if you saw this movie, but it was um uh Creed with uh the first Creed. Yeah. With uh Michael W. Jordan. I think his middle name. Michael J. Jordan. Anyway, he played he played Creed. What's his was his yeah. Michael, B. Michael B. I Michael knew it was somewhere in there. See, yeah, you know, those, those two brain yeah, cells, man, every now and then, they're, they're, yeah, yeah. they collapse. Anyway, so Rocky, you know, the, uh, the had him look in the mirror. And he says, you know what, the guy that you see right in the mirror, you know, that is your biggest opponent. That's your biggest enemy. Yeah. You know, so yeah. what do you do if, 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 if you jab, you know, you get out of the way. Okay. So you either duck, move, or get out of the way. So my point is, is that my biggest enemy is not out there. Hmm. My biggest enemy is the one that tells me that i'm you know that, that's believable that dude come on seriously are you thinking really you can really run a crisis pregnancy center you being a black man in reno nevada come on bruh seriously <laughs> run a crisis pregnancy center come on dude seriously i mean you know yes yeah, okay. yes and yes, and yes. I, so I but but the realities of that. those things come into my brain yeah. and they come into my my uh my soul and if i don't combat that If I don't declare who he says that I am openly with my mouth open and declare his words over me, because they have life, they have power. Then, you know, I'll I'll succumb to those lies and I'll be the first to tell you that I would. If I don't, if I hadn't made a practice of declaring the truth and memorizing scripture, Mm. you know, pulling that bad boy out when you got to slice some stuff up that's telling you that you are the worst, you have to declare it.
1: You know, know, my father, Dr. Ed Cole, began Christian Men's Network and uh, Brave Men, the podcast we're on right now, uh, is a production of the Christian Men's Network. Mm. And uh, he started in 1977. He had been in ministry to men starting in the early 60s, actually, mid 60s, 63, 64, with a particular denomination. And then in 1977, began Christian Men's Network, which now is in over 100 countries around the world. But you traveled with Dr. Cole. Uh, with my father uh, in the eighties, sometime the right, nineties? Yeah, it was like late nineties. Late nineties. Yeah, late nineties. And what was what was it that you, what was it that began to be rehearsed in you that began to help shift? Because you talk about mentors in your life. Um, you know,
0: Paul, you said something. Uh, I guess I forget which what city we were in, but you said something. You said that. You know, um, fathers have the ability to to, to to reach inside a man's chest, uh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. take
0: it out and show him his future. To reach What'd into you, the say, next say, generation. Say, yeah, say that. How you in, said you
1: that? know, the role of a father to reach into the next generation, pull out their future and show, show it, it to him. them.
0: That's exactly what happened. Yeah. Precisely what your pops did to me. He, you know, uh, we're, uh, I was an uh, associate pastor at a church in Reno, Nevada, relatively large church. Yeah. And uh, he came to a men's uh, 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 summit. And uh, afterwards, we had an opportunity just to talk to men's leaders and that kind of stuff. And he looks at me and, you know, you know he takes that double look. I'm going, okay, what did I do wrong, man? What, <laughs> yeah, what, yeah. And he takes that finger, dude, takes that finger. Uh, he goes, young man, you need to come to um, Africa with me. Excuse me? No, you need to come to Africa with me. You're something that you need to be a part of. I said, uh, okay. Well, I'm leaving, and he tells me give, me, give me, gives me the dates, and he says, I'm not paying for it.
1: <laughs> you got raise,
0: the you money. raise the funds, I'll, but you, you need know. to go.
1: But you need and to go. We did it, and yeah, uh, did.
0: for for uh, two weeks, yeah, uh, we we did four nations, uh, talked to hundreds of thousands of men in that those four nations, and in that process of time, had an opportunity to kind of sit down and talk with him, mm. and he just began to to share things and declare things, and um, that was the main um, uh, crucial moment in my life that shifted from, okay, you're a passion, that's great, you're awesome, but no, you're called to change nations, man. You're Hmm. called to change generations, brother. And uh, it was those words coming from someone that, and at that time, honestly, it was, uh, you know, I I saw him as, um, I saw him as Mufasa. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm Simba, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> and speaking over, you know, it's like, and then after that. Uh, yeah, you the, take it. Yeah, yeah. 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 And that honestly, becomes, yeah, yeah, honestly. And those same things, you know, um, were able to pronounce over literally thousands of men over the last 10, 10, 15 years. Man. And, and
1: you've taken many of those things. Mm-hmm. And like you said, spoken them over other men, mm-hmm. over their lives, because in, in heading up a crisis pregnancy center, which you and your wife Joy did for a decade and a half, Mm -hmm. Reno, Nevada. It had to be some pretty rough moments, some pretty rough stories. Big time. But you would have spoken as... Because when we think of that, we think of the ladies involved, the the young ladies. Yeah. uh, But really, who you had to deal with a lot was the young men. Yeah, man. Right? Because part of the whole process... Tell me about this. Seems like part of the whole reason you're doing what you're doing, which is to save babies basically was uh was because some guy was involved in a negative you know manner Mm -hmm. is that right yeah you know most of the time okay not all the time but most of the time um because what would
0: happen is is guys would come in with their girlfriends and uh or significant other or wife who um did not know what to do or needed some kind of help yeah and and uh the decision basically they left to her when when uh, we explain in full detail, dude, no, you understand. It's not her body, you know. You know, you became one, and now it's your body. So you just can't say it's her body. She does what she wants to with it. Right. No, you can't be. Don't, don't just no, put no. it off. Yeah, it You're was part o- of this. It was okay when you were willing to be one with her in the beginning. But now right. that you have a uh, 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 life, all of a sudden now it's her body. No, don't shuck responsibility, <laughs> right. bro. Let's let's go to work. Right. That's so,
1: right. When yeah. you want to have sex, dude, it was like no, no, no. So you, you know we're it's together us, here it's, it's us. us it's us now uh, when you baby? have a baby yeah i oh, know it's you. you yeah yeah <laughs> dude that's yeah. so yeah that's such a man yeah and yeah. But,
0: but what was remarkable about it is that when we presented um assistance and help yeah and telling them no no you got this yeah. trust me and uh it was you know some remarkable things took place um, I, I got tons and tons of stories but you know one guy in particular comes in he's you know, pretty popular uh, guy. Uh he's a uh extreme uh skater. Extreme sports, extreme yeah, skater, okay. And that same thing. You know, it's like I don't know, man, I'll be traveling all over the place, this, this, and this, and and uh and so I we, we really spoke real to him. Hey bro, come on now, seriously. Okay, and now so, wait a second. Let's so, set
1: let's set this up. So th- okay. these people <laughs> walk into Crisis <Isla> Pregnancy Center. <laughs> yeah. And and your front desk people say, uh-huh. you know. Uh, would like you to meet the director which again they're expecting yeah maybe an older lady yeah and and if you're just listening to this Otto is anything but an older lady you <laughs> you yeah. i mean you were running back uh african-american uh you but now you're you're like how much like how uh, your arms are as big as my thighs bro uh, uh, you oh, know, no, no. and what I'm going to do is I'm going to just get T-shirts that are smaller so I can look. <laughs> well, this is More the biggest like a, one they isn't had. Isn't that this is? Like <laughs> that be <the, laughs> <laughs> 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 This is the biggest one they had. Come on, man. <laughs> <Specifically>. <laughs> so anyway, they say, hey, you need to meet the the head of the crisis Pregnancy Center to the guy. Mm-hmm. And he thinks he's meeting, you know, an older lady that's going to kind of be nice and gentle and maybe condemnatory. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He's waiting for the hammer Amritiful. to come down. Yeah. And well, so what happened to this guy? He walks in and...
0: Yeah. And uh, I, I think what had happened was he had heard uh, bass in the room. He he was expecting to see nothing but, or hear nothing but uh, estrogen. Okay. But then he heard bass. He heard testosterone in the room because I was meeting with uh, another guy at the time. Okay. And when he heard that bass, there was like an instant, this camaraderie here. I was mm. thinking it was just going to be all women, but I heard the bass and, uh, you know, and then, um, uh, so I hear him, I said, well, hold on a second, let me go out and introduce myself. So I go out, go out and introduce myself and the whole, uh, atmosphere changed mm. because now he has someone who, um, he considers to be, um, an authority figure or he considers to be a masculine figure mm-hmm. in a place that he was considered, it was going to be nothing but that. Yeah. And as a result of that, then the conversation ensues, then we can talk about real issues because now the guards are down and now he's not going to be accused or be condemned. Now, no, you got somebody who can recognize what you're going through and dealing with that. And uh, because of that, we had uh, great conversations.
1: And, you know, he's a, a father, I think, of two now. So, so but when people came in or a lot of those people would have been abortion minded. Is that how you say it? Um, I'd say
0: maybe, uh, I'd say maybe 40, no, probably 50% would come in with, with termination on their mind. Yeah. And, and again, our, our heart was not to tell them what to do, but to present to them uh, reality, the truth about everything and not have some fictional stuff taking place. No, mm. we tell them the truth about what's going on and what this looks like and how we deal with individuals who have come back later, who have gone down the road of termination. And as a result of that, they're dealing with emotional issues. Even guys, you know, have guilt, Yeah. Um, you know, um, but, yeah. but 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 the, the issue wasn't to try to deter them. The issue was to present to them um, um, a loving um, atmosphere to where it's not it wasn't uh, full of um, anxiety and fear and guilt-ridden. It was just uh, personified by the love of God. Mm. And that changed everything. I told them, I said, well, okay, listen to me. They asked me if I'm pro-life. I said, well, I, I think, yeah, I guess in a traditional sense, you'd say that. But I think I'm pro-love more than anything else. Wow. Because pro-love yeah. will, 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 uh, will meet you where you're at. And uh, whatever decision you make, love is still
1: there. Pro-love, I love you no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. Pro-love is not just about the birth. No. So uh, a lot of people get this mistake that, uh, in fact, a lot of people who are pro-life, quote-unquote, are really just pro-birth. I agree. I agree. But now you got to live. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. you got to have, and there needs to be some kind of, you know, help. Yeah, for a lot of these people. And I'm there. simply saying,
0: if you're pro-life, then how come you're not at the, uh, at the uh, prisons when they get ready to put somebody to death? Come on, man. That's what I'm saying. If you're, if you're pro-life, be pro-life, you know? I mean, I mean, and why do you, like, go against uh, services that's going to help mothers? You know, uh, that's going to help mothers uh, take care of their kids. How, how, why are you voting against those services?
1: Moms and single dads, and I single mean, dads. We, we have oh, yeah, wow, so tons many of them. single dads, tons now. of them. So yeah, how can, it, it's just, it's just how doesn't can work. you vote against those services yeah. and at the same time vote against yeah. abortion? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So I mean. uh, and that's a big fight in our culture. Uh, I w- you know, how much did uh, you, because you you had this whole um, the crisis pregnancy center. Uh, your sons are born. You and your wife. You've done ministry stuff, and then the whole—it's always been there. Systemic racialism, you know, mm-hmm. racism. But how did this whole George Floyd thing kind of filter into everything you were doing, trying to minister to people? Well, I, I think for for us, it's it's the reality of
0: there is systemic stuff that goes on, and mm-hmm. then not not denying it, right? But 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 confronting it, and then. Uh, for us, it was confronting it with not accusing, but confronting it with okay, it's real, and then responding to it um, uh, individually, instead of like instead of like um, trying to have a, a blanket response. Yeah. Each individual everybody had,
1: in the same. Each individual place. had a different
0: approach and a different yeah. respond to things, response to things, and so dealing with the person as an individual and not just a group, it it just it helped us, you know, a lot. And then when we saw. And uh, because I, you know, we deal with a lot of uh, young men uh, and families that no longer want to have anything to do with the church, Mm -hmm. because here was an opportunity for the church to stand up and do some things in regard to like racial discrimination and do things along those lines. When they remained silent, Mm -hmm. when everybody else was loud, you know, you very rarely heard anything from the church talking about and confronting and dealing with it from a standpoint of love. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I saw a lot of people again in this particular. uh, uh, topic and subject have to, they step back and go, okay, I have to re I have to review my commitment to an institution that when the opportunity came for us to step up and do something regarding a historical, uh, thing that's taking place in our country and the church is silent, it caused a lot of people to just go, I'm done with this, man.
1: I think we all, I think you know? all of us no matter, uh, even regionally or uh, you know ethnically or what, we all have biases, right? We all have little things, and uh, there's a lot of guys, Anglo guys like me at my age, that would hear, uh, let's say, uh, rap music and go, "Dude, yep, it's all, it's all from the wrong place," mm. and then you got a guy like Propaganda who comes along, who's got this uh, really redemptive rap that he does Mm -hmm. that's uh just remarkable lyrics and you just go through that and you go okay this is uh so it's not the method it's the message Mm -hmm. and what we end up doing is we keep pounding on the method Mm -hmm. or the style right or the you know whatever and and we can have so many biases on that we have biases even within christianity of christians who are all christians who don't do it the way each other does it and those guys think those guys are wrong. Mm-hmm. I, I we'll spend more time dealing with those guys we think their style's wrong yeah. than we do with helping people in our community. Mm-hmm. I, and, that, and that, to me, that's the biggest thing.
0: Um, if we can go, if we can focus in on, again, how Jesus did it. Yeah. I mean, seriously, if you, if you I mean, he explains to the people about a, a Samaritan who, you know, where, where religious leaders walked by somebody who was in pain, but the ones that you consider to be mixed and, and dogs, they're the ones that helped. Um, and then uh, ga- gave them an example of what true love is and not some religious jargon. Um, and I think that is the issue that we have to face, man. So many times we're in our traditions and our traditions, like, the, like, like Jesus said, our traditions <laughs> uh, makes the word of God to no effect. Mm. So our traditions, mm. we don't need that. I mean, we've, we've seen from a standpoint what our traditions have, have uh, birthed. And a lot of it, a lot of, uh, they're wrong and we're right. And because they're wrong and we're right, we're going to make sure that they believe what we believe. If they don't believe what we believe, then they're going to hell. Yeah, like, dude,
1: you got to come yeah, on yeah. and serve serving and love, love on people. And man. I'm going to go on Instagram and say yeah. something about but it. But see, man. that's I'm that's. Take honestly, care of this. I know
0: we can you know go on for this, but but see, that's what changed things with the uh, uh, the CPC that we ran. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, we're pro we're pro life, but more li- more than that, we're pro love. And because of that, we would have young ladies who have go- and families that have gone down the road of termination came and visited us. And, you know, uh, you know, didn't, you know, came and visited us and, and and went down the road of termination. I want you to hear this, though.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, broke, broke our hearts and yeah. hurts us. But then uh, five, six months later, have a young lady come back seeking services. And um, we would ask her, my wife asked her, she says, well, what are you doing back here, honey? You know, and make a long story short, she said, uh, because you guys didn't make me feel like I was going to hell.
1: Wow. Because you guys loved on me, even though, you even know, though she terminated the pregnancy, she still came back, came back, said, you know what? Yeah, I, I want to walk this mm-hmm. way. And, mm-hmm. and yep. did she become a follower of Christ? or uh, what of We don't that? know. Yeah, we don't, don't know, know. But, but,
0: basically, but what, what, what I loved you the, helped her. What I loved about that is that she saw him.
1: Yeah. Through us. Yeah.
0: And as a result of that, she's I know she's never, never the same. Now, a couple of them, a few of them did, uh, yeah. you know, turn. Uh, thing. what happened with the
1: tomorrow. guy, uh, the extreme guy? extreme sports guy.
0: Oh man, he's uh, actually doing well. Uh, matter of fact, I text him. Um, uh, did so you I'm waiting, really? yeah, I'm waiting for my a response from him. Actually, he's doing awesome. He's doing awesome. Isn't you know, I think he just re- re- retired. Um, I think they're getting ready to have another, another he baby. did movies all over the world. Yeah. And, he, was uh, over the class, he was all, and all over the extreme stuff, whatever. Yeah. He's all
1: and, all and if, but at the time when he showed up, he was in the middle of all kinds of chaos. Yeah, he's freaking out. Yeah. He's
0: freaking out. I mean, you know, again, um, she lived in Europe, and and uh, he didn't know what to do. And, and how we going to this? What's going right, to happen? And this was right, 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 uh, before COVID. And uh, so you know, he was basically basically in Europe with her on lockdown, and uh, they they made it work.
1: How much of of abortion-minded people and people who want to terminate pregnancy? How much of that is uh Because what we hear, you know, uh, what I hear in the news from a person that would be biased for abortion, they'll always give me the example of somebody who has a medical issue. Hey, we shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't push this away. We should have mm-hmm. it open because look at this medical issue. How many of those who, who were abortion might actually had a medical issue? And how many were just in confusion? From what we... How many, you
0: know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, from what, we, from what the stats that, that, that we uh, researched, it's like less than 2% were incest or rape or medical that wow. had,
1: had abortions. Wow. Those were those are examples that were used mm. so that you can justify it. Yeah, it's a straw man uh, yeah. argument. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so then you you're able to justify the rest of it because we use we find something to justify our arguments, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Yeah. It's just like taking scripture uh, and twisting it. Or if you will, just taking part of it out mm-hmm. and saying, "See that they believe this; that's why they're wrong." Mm-hmm. Or we use it to justify our position. Right. So, ninety-eight percent of the people that you worked with at the Crisis Pregnancy Center (CPC) mm-hmm. would be would have some sort of chaos, confusion. The man had left. How many? How many guys? How many uh, men were connected to somebody to a young lady who walked in? How many was there still? The man was Probably still about 30%. present. Only 30%. Maybe,
0: maybe, I'd say at the stretch, maybe
1: 40%. Okay, so at least 50%, if not more, the, the man was gone, or he was a one-night thing, or whatever. Right? Yeah. But man, when that's a place for compassion for the church to work, isn't it? Well, you know, yeah,
0: without a doubt. Shoot. without a doubt. And, you know, I mean, the things I would tell uh, churches, I'd say, listen, man, you do not have to do any marketing. You have 98%. People that are coming through the doors have no concept of the, of the Lord. Mm. Um, you do just you know volunteer, show up. Don't try to uh, preach at them. Just be there, love on them, and before you know it, they're going to want to go where you're at because they're sensing and feeling something that they yeah. haven't felt before, and they like it. Yeah. If they if they and, and if they would recognize again, if we can help people recognize that it's not you that's you know giving that. That wonderful aroma out. It's the one that's in you that's doing it.
1: It's and a, so, so yeah.
0: w- when when you're able to convey that mm-hmm. to believers, um, then just 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 be there. Sooner or later, people are going to smell that, and they go, what is it? To, what do and they will come up with the questions. But unfortunately, when it comes to people trying to evangelize, they come up with these the script, mm. and they have to fill in the box. And people can always tell. <laughs> Um, when you're doing something to serve a God to to, to earn brownie points, instead of like loving your them.
1: list, the yeah. list versus love. Yeah,
0: and and people wow. can tell. Yeah, they just can they, they? Okay, you're just you're just trying to. Win most points.
1: most people have a BS, pretty good BS in especially especially if, if you're dealing
0: with them streets, uh, dealing with streets <laughs> a lot. Man. The streets. Oh yeah,
1: <laughs> they know, man. They know immediately. Yeah. Yeah. they know immediately who they can walk up and talk to, or who they can. Yes sir. <laughs> yes sir. <laughs> People look at me and go, that guy's an easy mark Mm -hmm. because I'm easily approachable, I think. And usually I end up giving people something to help them. And they can tell. I remember one uh, guy, he's asking me for funding and stuff and whatever. And finally I go, you know what? Bring your car over here and let's take it to the gas station and I will fill your car Mm -hmm. up. Rather than give you the cash. Right. And you know what? Uh, I've had a couple guys go, no, 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 they come up with different reasons. But I did have, I remember one time a guy, uh, he goes, yeah, I'm in, man. And he filled his car up with gas mm-hmm. and uh, thought, okay, Great. probably a legit deal, you know. And I mean, for a guy to do that, sometimes I'll look at it and go, okay, um, that's not an easy thing to do. You know That's to ask for you know some help on some difficult. things so i have a lot more compassion on that stuff mm. you know if mm. somebody's on the side of the road dude i don't know their story right. but i'm dropping some money in mm. pull some cash out uh you know i leave i leave tips if i'm staying at a hotel always leave a tip at the hotel mm. i don't know people's story right you know i remember kenneth copeland one day uh talking about this and he said he was a said, this is back in the day, okay? So uh, so he went uh, to a little cafe, got a piece of pie, a cup of coffee. It's a buck and a half. So you know it was back in the day. Mm. <laughs> so it's a buck and a half, and he put down 50 cents for a tip and walks out, and God says to him, Kenneth, are you blessed? Yes, sir, I am. Are you very blessed? Yes, sir, I am. Have I blessed you to bless others? Yes, sir. Why'd you leave that lady 50 mm. cents? Mm. And he went back in and he put a $5 bill down. Mm. And I never forgot that story mm. because, and so I basically, I could get a $3 something. They got that little tip thing that comes up on some of these places you go right. to. Man, I always hit the thing on the right. And sometimes i look at him and go, you know, you only went to 22%. Mm. I'd have done a 25 if you had it there. Right. And uh, because I don't know that person's story and I don't know mm-hmm. what, and, and it's not like I have a lot of money. It's just that I have a lot of love, right? right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that the it works? I, it's it's like it a, works. It's like you're talking about people volunteering. It works. And you're heading up the CPC for 15 years, mm-hmm. and you didn't have a plethora of volunteers. It wasn't like people were just banging on the door. Hey, mm-hmm. you had too many volunteers. It was it was you know
0: honestly when I first started it was pretty low. Yeah. But uh, because again, you God, guys presented God, the God vision. created an atmosphere. Yeah. Where. You know the the, the, the volunteers weren't um, we didn't see a black hole. I volunteered, yeah. then I have to like just uh, escape. But uh, we uh, monthly on a monthly basis, we'd encourage them. We'd yeah. have uh, in source um, uh, 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 conferences, or we'd just meet with them. So and and, and I had an open door policy. Any time a, a volunteer had questions or anything, they can come in and talk. it. Yeah. But you know the the thing that you know goes back to what you talked about. That's one of the things I think had changed the whole atmosphere of uh, the CPC. Was that there was like um, a high degree of love and not and, and we're not, not guilty and not or judging, shaming people. And not okay. judging.
1: we're not guilt or shame. now no. uh, because we judged ourselves anyway. Mm-hmm. In one sense, but by, well, by that's why that's why these at. girls
0: would. I mean, and these families would come in. Yeah. And they're like you know freaking out because I don't know if if, if I'm going to be rejected as a result of having my baby or yeah. you know. And so, and again, each case, each person was dealt with from a, uh, a case specific, that person specific. And so we would hear their stories and respond accordingly. You you, know?
1: you dealt with a lot of gang issues. What would be the reason a young man was in a gang? And how do you talk to N8? a young man? <laughs> how, how do you talk to a young man that's uh, caught up in... You know, let's say even an alternative lifestyle, whether it's gangs or, or drugs or anything else. I personally, I speak
0: to who they are as opposed to who they aren't. In, in well, other well, ways, explain that. Well, what I'm saying is, is that, um, um, you know, um, one of the things, again, I, I, I mention sometimes when I, when I go when I speak is that, you know, you're you're one in 400 million.
1: Okay, explain that. Okay,
0: well, I love that. You know, in the in, you know in the, in an in intimacy, intimacy, intimacy setting, you know um, you know after that happens, there's a, a 400 million sperm cells that hit that egg. 400 million. 400 million. Yeah, and that's a that's a that's a, that's a conservative number because the sperm count can reach up to 1.6 billion. Right, this is scientific. I mean, I'm not just speaking. So if you if you go look up what happens at the moment of conception, number one, look that up. And number two, look at the, uh, uh, the 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 definition of a sperm count, and it, uh, just put that in definition of a sperm count. And and basically, each each sperm cell has a unique uh, chemistry makeup, right? So it's not just like okay, all sperm cells are the same. Yeah. No, each one of them have a different makeup, right? So they, they swim down this canal, they get to the uh, egg, and now scientists have uh, understood that there is a hormone that the mother uh, 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 excretes from her yeah. egg that points out to the one that, that she wants. An actual and wow. so that hormone then um, spe- uh, uh, goes after that one. Every other one would be rejected, so they'll make it through, right? So that one makes it in. Right. And so then at the moment of conception, there's this microscopic burst of light that takes place. OK, science, have, you, can, you can see it. Yeah. Microscopic burst, burst of light that takes place. So for me, when I'm talking to someone, instead of saying that God so loved the world, I just simply mm-hmm. explain it from a scientific standpoint. Wow. There's 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 infinitely more people that could be alive that aren't. If there's if there's been like seven hundred billion people that's been on the planet ever since. Yeah. Ever since, since know, creation. That means that there's at least 100 billion people that haven't been
1: yeah. created. But you are one in... 400 million or a billion. You can put like it in... Like that a, one, you're that one right. that God placed in that egg. Yeah, wow. it's you. And so for me, I don't, I
0: don't try and convince them one way or the other. All I do is say, this is how powerful and this is how wonderful you really are to where all this stuff had to come together in order to produce you. Mm. So I don't know where you're called to be. All I know is let's find out together, bro. Let's, let, let's deal with this together.
1: So you're coming back to identity again. Definition. So I,
0: I, I, can, I can do my best to try to tell them what I think they are. No, all I'm doing is, is convincing them, hey, dude, this is how special you really freaking are. I mean, to the point to where... So, so when I get individuals that feel as if this is their lifestyle, Hey, listen, I don't know. I don't know what you've been through. I, I don't know. All I know is that you are one in four hundred million, at the most. You're one in like hundred billion when it comes to, you know, the uh, evolution of our of our of our culture. It's crazy. Yeah. And so and so that's what helps yeah. me.
1: And and uh, I was going to mention it earlier, but the uh, we can go on YouTube. You're you're actually on YouTube with an eighteen minute message from Lion's Roar, which is our leadership conference with Christian Men's Network. And I I showed this uh, in in which you did that whole piece of you're you're wonderfully made. God Mm -hmm. thought of you and God thought of you and pulled you into existence. Mm -hmm. You're one of a billion and and you're one of God's precious thoughts. And so uh, and what was great about that is I showed that I've showed it a couple times at men's conferences Mm -hmm. and I showed that recently in Arizona at a men's conference. And as they watch the video, guys are going, amen, amen. (laughs) And then you go, you said something funny. Everybody laughed, and there was a place to clap. Everybody clapped. And then at the end of watching the video, you said, hey, let's stand up. I'm going to pray this over you. Everybody started standing up. It was awesome, man. It was really, uh, Otto, that was powerful, Mm -hmm. man. Mm -hmm. And uh, you'll be at every lion's roar sharing things like that. Love it. And doing the Global Fatherhood Initiative, Mm -hmm. dadacademy.com. Fired up about that, about Mm -hmm. what's coming. And, and this message, I mean, just this, what we're doing right now, and, and we've just kind of hit sort of the edges, if you will. It's kind of like Proverbs, the description or Job, Job in Job. It's a Proverbs, Job, excuse me, is the description of God where he says, what we see is just the edges, just the fringes of his greatness. Mm -hmm. Sometimes in conversations like this, I feel like we've just hit the fringes of the greatness of Christ we've just hit the little edges of what he is in my life and what he is in your life and what that's meant in your marriage right and what that's meant as a dad and i think about you speaking into the womb of uh, as joy was with child and and speaking over your sons and then dude i have never we've known each other for years i have never heard that story uh, was it with Dom? That yeah, was Dominic. It? Yeah, with Dominic. Mm-hmm. And, you uh, saying, son. Mm-hmm. And he, and he's just been born and he knows your voice. Yes, sir. Yes, that sir. there's something there for all of us as men, as dads, uh, and all of us, also those of us who are still wondering yeah. about following Christ. Right. Because this experience of following Christ, what you found is a young man when you said, "God, are you there?" Senior year of high school, right? Yes, sir. You found out that God was there. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and things weren't going bad at the time. I'm getting scholarship offers all over the place, but uh, what really got me is that um, you know my, uh, w- I, my my sister, we were really really tight, and uh, it happened to her. And the first thing she comes just like just like uh, Andrew did with Peter. Yeah. And you got to come see this, man. This is crazy. <laughs> right. And uh, she told me. And uh, I said, really? I said, yeah. And uh, so the next day is when I asked him and he did that. My, I, I guess my point in saying all that is that um, this, this God is real, man. Hmm. I mean, I'm talking real. Knows more about you than you could ever know about yourself. This God um, actually imagined you before you were born. Hmm. Uh, thought about you and consistently thinks about you all the time, where David caught it. When David caught it, this is what blows me away. David, David said, you know, all your thoughts toward me are precious. Why to count them? They don't the grains of sand. So if all God's thoughts toward us are precious, then he cannot think a bad thought about us. We may think a bad thought about ourselves mm. and try to have God endorse it, but he thinks <laughs> nothing but good things about us. And once that became, because um, I, I kept pronouncing that, Paul, yeah. I kept pronouncing that knowing, you know, some of the things that people thought about people who look like me or whatever, I'd have to pronounce that all the time. God, all wow. your thoughts toward me are precious. Wait, whoa, whoa hold up, God. You wow. imagined me before I was born. I mean, I'm still in your head, God, right <sighs> now, right now, I'm in your head. So good. And so for me, it's like, you can't tell me that I'm, I'm not uniquely handcrafted by God for the sole purpose of having, being an extension of his goodness mm. on this planet. And that's why I tell every person I talk to, I know you think that you're just something, but no, you're so uniquely handcrafted by God that you have a way that you can approach him in a way that nobody else can but you. And he made sure that that happened. And when we know that we have that type of like relationship with him, when we know that it's him that initiated everything, that we are not bumbling around trying to find, mm-hmm. no, he made sure we're here so that, he can, uh, so that you can have a unique uh, path to his heart and stimulate him in a way that nobody else can, but you. He he made you for that purpose. Your life has purpose. Oh my
1: gosh! Yeah. Why don't we do this? Uh, we don't always do this. I'd like you to pray over some of us that are listening right now, and uh, pray over this moment because that that really was an anointed thing right there, Otto. And uh, yeah, why don't we just do that, and then I'll do a little wrap up. And and uh, but you know, if we're, I think most of us at some point would do what you did. Your senior year of high school, mm-hmm. God. If you're real, mm-hmm. need to hear something. Yeah, yeah. yeah, let's pray for some guys right now.
0: Well, Father, we we come before you and we acknowledge you as awesome. You're just awesome, Dad. I'm telling you, you just we just we just are just enamored by your goodness, mm. and we thank you for this opportunity just to speak and just to be a part of your extension on this planet. And Father, I know uh, that as Uh, Brother Paul and I were talking that you spoke through us and and men heard, people heard. And so that area, Lord, that's in their heart that you're speaking to right now, I pray you'd amplify it. That area that you are speaking to them regarding who they are, their identity. Mm. I pray you do a masterful job of revealing to them how precious they really are to you. How much purpose they have on their lives, God. Yes, Lord. And Father, I I pray um, that even now, God, that you would just continue to amplify that truth. That uh, you have a you you have love for us that you're willing to sacrifice um, heaven in order to ha- have us be back into mm, our wow. right relationship with you. Jesus dying on that cross, becoming yeah. the nucleus of all that's unholy on the cross, so that we can have life and be re-injected into our original DNA. So God, we thank you for that. And so I just pray for brothers. I pray for brothers and mm, whoever's
1: listening yeah.
0: that you would do a work and yeah. even even yeah. Uh, brothers who have like uh, just backed off because they just don't sense you. I'm praying that you would do a supernatural work in their heart and in their mind to let them know that you have protected them, that you have uh, provided uh, protection for them so that they can hear a word like this to know that they have been uniquely handcrafted by you for the purpose of being an extension of your goodness on this planet. There are things that they can do that no one else can do but them. And so God, uh, I pray that you would do a work, a mighty work, um, even now. And just seal this. You've said something, Dad. You've said something that has uh, resonated in the hearts of men. And I just pray you to amplify it and reveal to them, God, your uh, ceaseless, unyielding love Mm. for them. God, we thank you. We praise you.
1: Hey, man. Hey, uh, thank you for listening to Brave Men podcast. Uh, Otto Kelly has been my guest, Vice President of the Global Fatherhood Initiative and a director and founder of uh, Sons to Men a ministry and you should have THEM come speak at your conference your summit uh, you know you've got a website what's the what's the website it's called Dad E Academy but it's going to be changed yeah the academy is it's being changed, changed to sons to men sons to men and look up Otto Kelly minister and you'll find that and then when we get our new website linked up it'll be on the cmn.men Click on that, or you can write to us at cmn.men. Yeah. Write to me at paul at cmn.men, and you'll get a hold of me there. Uh, but it would be great for you to uh, to have Otto as a speaker at your conference, to church, wherever it may be. He does a fantastic job. He's a lot better speaking than he is me asking him questions. And
0: uh, <laughs> I don't know about all that, but hey, <laughs> I'll, I'll take your affirmation, my brother.
1: <laughs> no, that was awesome. It was just, it's. Uh, I tell you what, uh, we could probably talk for another hour to cover many other men's issues. And what we'll do is we'll do that over time, Okay, you know, but uh, you have such a grasp of it and you've been, if you will, on the ground, mm. right. With men. And you just have a way that is disarming to men. You just really have, you're really a blessing to me, to this ministry and to the men who know you. Mm. And uh, so we pray for you Enjoy that your, your footsteps are, blessed everything you put your hands to will prosper thank you, brother. and that Jesus is with you Amen. with favor and grace in the years ahead Amen. I love being your friend bro hey
0: brother hey love you man I'm Telling you I'll never forget that call in 2011
1: dude yeah. what are you doing I'm
0: going to Portland let's go I'm in it's like you know it's like uh, stop shoot aim
1: yeah yeah <laughs> I'm stop. in let's go <laughs> yeah, All right. it was awesome, love awesome. You, man. always a blessing thank you Brave Men is a production of Christian Men's Network, a global movement of men committed to passionately following Jesus on the ground in over 100 nations worldwide. You can receive the Brave Men motivational email, find books and resources for discipleship and parenting at cmn.men. That's cmn.men. Your host has been Paul Lewis Cole, president of Christian Men's Network. And if you haven't yet please make sure you subscribe to the brave men podcast wherever your fine podcasts are downloaded. Thanks for hanging with us today. We'll see you next time on brave men.